0: The network for the AV industry.
1: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. 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 This is, is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. A state. Of control.
2: A state of control this is a state of control episode 12 recorded wednesday august 20th 2014 tmc to cya This is the State of Control, uh, the look behind the scenes, the, the podcast about, for, and by the controller automation segment, uh, part of AV Nation. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host. With us uh, this month is uh, Mark Levecchia. Mark is uh, from BMA Software Solutions. How are you, sir?
3: I'm wonderful, sir. Thank you for having me again.
2: Absolutely. Also with us, as always, uh, Mr. Rich Fergoza from Fergozadesign.com. How are you, sir? Mellow greetings from the West Coast. So. Mellow greetings. Good boy. You know, Mark is from the West Coast too. You didn't hear him say that. Yeah, but we're not. We're
3: from. I'm from Southern California. We're not so mellow down here.
2: Oh.
0: Exactly. he is. He is from the independent state of Los Angeles.
2: <laughs> Actually, I talked to Mark about doing some work for me um, uh, in in San Jose, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we can do San Jose." So um, yeah, yeah, and this and the other. So anyhow. I'm from I'm from St. Louis, so anything like west of the Mississippi is all California to me. So I don't know. Right? You're all you're all hippies. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, with except for for Chris Beckus, Chris is from AMX. How are you, sir?
4: I'm doing outstanding. Thanks for having me.
2: Absolutely, Chris is from AMX. Uh, he's actually uh, my contact. He's contact anybody that that wants to learn anything about AMX. Uh, that's what he does there. So and he's he's answered several stupid questions by me. So. Uh, including, you know, how do I log in and how do I get my video? Uh, last but not least, our executive producer extraordinaire for State of Control, uh, and I will point out, the newly elected AMX VIP committee chair, one of the three committee chair people. How are you, sir? Mr. Steve Green. I'm Greenblatt. doing
1: great. I'm Glad, glad to be back and glad to have another episode uh, on the way. Uh, and
2: explain to people, because I, I did a horrible introduction there, what what the VIP Executive uh, Committee, that's not Executive Committee, but the VIP uh, Committee is.
1: So the VIP is uh, a, the group of independent programmers that are affiliated with AMX, and uh, uh, Chris is actually in charge, and he's, he's our, uh, our leader, which has uh, been a great asset, and uh, he's decided to put together a small steering committee to help him guide the direction of the program and and also be a voice for the the community at large. So, very cool. And uh
2: and you are one of the three uh the three members. So.
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, I, I I am too. So. All right, uh on this month on this episode, we're going to talk about subcontracting uh in the AV industry. My my real job, my my full-time gig and and the thing that kind of makes AV Nation special at least to me. Is the fact that we're all, everybody here, um, we all work, I shouldn't say it that this way, we all work for a living. That sounds condescending to our wonderful journalist friends, but we're all in the industry. Uh, we all, you know, work and, and, and live every day. We're in a rack somewhere. Where our heads are in a computer typing code somewhere. This is what we do. on a a daily basis. And uh, my nine-to-five job, I'm the director of operations for a company called Innovad, Innovations and Design. We are a design consulting firm, but we're also an independent programming house, much like these three (laughs) gentlemen here, Rich and and, and Mark and and Steve. You guys are all independent programmers as well, meaning you don't work for one uh, integrator. You don't work for one manufacturer writing code. You are hired out by either the end user or the integrator uh, at some point uh, to write code, whether that's AMX or Crestron or, or Extron or, or whatever the code is. Uh, we are all hired out on some level to, to write code. We interface with the integrator. We interface with the end user. Uh, make sure that the code is clean. Make sure that it's all you know nice and pretty uh, and make sure that it's functional, right? And a couple of, I want to say months ago, is that right, Steve? We were talking about this on AV Week. Um,
1: yeah, I would say about a month ago.
2: About using freelancers and about using subcontractors. I, I actually, it was it was with uh, Paul Konikowski, uh, and and he had he's had some bad situations. He's had some bad uh, episodes using um, uh, subcontractors. And so Steve and I were talking, and we thought it was good. It was a good, you know, state of control is a good platform to talk about it simply because this is what we all do on a on a day in and day out basis. Uh, Steve, we'll we'll kick it off with you. Uh, This is one of those things that, you know, there are good things about using subs and and bad things about using subs. Um, Let me ask you, I guess, this way. What would be, as you're talking to a potential client or you're talking to um, a potential um, integrator, what is the reasoning? Like, what's the thought process that leads you or or leads the integrator to hiring a subcontractor like, like yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, well, I, I guess it does depend on your audience. So, taking it from an integrator's perspective, one of the things uh, e- each of us as independent programmers, we we all have a, a little bit of specialty. You know, whether uh, we're, we're regional, whether we have strengths in a certain area, um, commercial, residential, whether it's uh, you know larger projects or um, maybe it's uh, somebody who can turn things around very quickly. Um, have more flexibility in scheduling so uh, for for an integrator they have to look at what is what is the demand on them what is their business model what and what we could bring to the table as an independent is giving them um, either the ability to take on projects that they would not uh, already be able to take on whether they have in-house staff or not Uh, maybe being able to go beyond the boundaries of the projects that they're comfortable with um, for a large project, you, you could be working on it for six months to a year. Do you want to tie up your main programmer on one project? Uh, you, you have to ask yourself all these things. And, and also as a, a, a selling point that I like to, to bring and, and remind people of is that we get the ability, we have the, the knowledge of working with so many different integrators and so many different applications and end users, and we bring all of that to the table. So you can learn from other people's misfortunes sometimes. And, and I think that there is uh, a lot to be said for that, because I, I believe as uh, an independent programming or solutions provider, we help our customers do better job, and we help them strengthen their company and, and their products.
2: Right. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. And one of the other ones um, that I would say is that you, you expand their offerings. Right, um, you expand what they can offer. I mean, whether that is, you know, again, AMX or or, or, or some other type of programming, um, you give them the ability to go beyond what they're currently currently offering. Uh, Mark, from from your standpoint, um, when you're interfacing with with integrators, what is it that you tell them that you know this this is why you hire me?
3: Um, well, interestingly, all of our business is. A hundred percent of our business goes through integrate. Well, 99% we have a friend that we help, but 99% of what we do. He's been friends of ours since we were a question and so But 99% of our business is all through commercial uh, integrators. Uh, It's always been that way and uh, One of the things that we have found as a result of this is that integrators are going to come to an independent Programmer like ourselves or Steve or anybody else for a couple of reasons uh, the first reason is they're over—they're they're overbooked. They don't have the time to get to a project. they their programmers are their programmers already busy. They can't get to it. I need somebody to zip in here and whip up this little code. Uh, you know, it's just three rooms. They combine. There's 18 displays. There's 47 inputs, and you know, it's really—it's just hang and bang. It's no big deal. And we have to turn it over by Wednesday. So you'll—you'll you'll get that quite a bit. Um, what? What you'll also get is more often is, can you help me out? I just spent eight years getting this guy in my office, trained, certified, this, that, and the other thing, and he's now he's certified in restaurant, He's certified in AMX. He's certified in, in Biamp. Um, he's got, his, you know, if he was to do a webinar, his entire wall behind him would be filled with plaques and pictures and certificates, and he just left me to go out on his own. Wow. And so, I don't want that to happen anymore. And so what we tell everybody is, look, if you're going to come to work with us at least, this is going to be a long-term partnership. If you need me, if you could, you, if we actually put this on our website. If you've come to me because you have a project that got lost somewhere and you forgot to do the programming and all of a sudden you need to turn around quick, I'm not your guy. There are guys that will do that. They're usually one person hanging bang shops that'll take their car and go with a laptop and figure out your problems for TNM. But for us, the, the, the margin in programming for an integrator and the reason an integrator can use us should use a sub like like us, is because once we get used to each other, once we're working with each other, then the margins increase dramatically. Because now I'm doing systems that you've done, I'm used to your engineers, I'm used to your systems, I'm used to your products, I'm used to your flow, I'm used to your schedule, I'm used to your field engineer. Who's going in the field to do this? That does more to increase an integrator's margin than probably anything else that we can provide for them. Um, But it starts with why do you need a sub and from our perspective if you need a sub because you're in a jam Then that's fine, but if you need a sub because it's your current model isn't working That's a different conversation, and it's one that you need to nurture slowly You start with little jobs, you start with little hanging bangs, give me a little button panel or a couple of rooms with a basic display and video conferencing. Um, Let's not just jump into a big job that's due quickly because you forgot it. Um, Steve and I talk a lot about plan your work and work your plan. Uh, If you're an integrator who's looking to go down the road of subbing, it doesn't happen to have to be just a programmer, it could be any type of sub work because it's very popular right now, Uh, you need to enter it as a partnership long term and nurture it, not. Not try to rush into it
2: yeah uh, rich you, you have a different um, a different business model Let, let's be honest you you're um, you you've done conference rooms in the past but you're you have famously said at least to me uh, you're a digital concierge right uh, that that's what you do you interface a lot with residential and homeowners but you also work with architects and and with integrators as well to Mark's point you know when, when they're talking about um, their business model and their business plan uh you know when do you when would you prefer i guess to be brought into the conversation as a sub
0: well i I mean i think anybody's going to say that they would prefer to be in as early as possible you know um but the reality is i mean what 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 mark was saying is yes there's absolutely a market for a long-term partnership and a long-term partnership comes from planning and and you know building on something that's already a stable platform. I think that for a lot of integrators, that forces them to um, rethink their process in order to be able to onboard a subcontractor, a third-party um, programmer. But there are other companies who are just in over their heads. You know, they're, they're, you know let's face it, they're screwed. They know they're screwed. And... At one point, you just have to be able to stop in, and, and again, it depends on your model in terms of the subcontractor. It does come down to, I think it's um, it, it, it winds up being your corporate culture, how you operate in terms of as an integrator, but also as a subcontractor. Um some subcontractors are I mean they're they're mercenaries or you know or or would call we would call it a, the professional save azer. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, I am a professional save azer, you know, <laughs> and that'll be forty five thousand oh, dollars. Um but then there's other guys like me, uh, you know, and my model is is that I'm um you know, I I'm, I'm kind of a cooler, you know, that's what I come in. I come in when they are completely in over their heads. And they don't necessarily see the way to get from point A to point B. And so where my partnership is built from is actually under fire. It's coming in and saying, all right, you know, you're in trouble. And rather than beat you about the head about this and say, this is what you did wrong, you're going to pay a fee. I'm going to guide you through the process. And more than anything else, I'm going to step you through so that we don't repeat it again. The end result is still the same. You're, you know, you need a working project. Um, the introduction sometimes is different and I think that some companies are better suited for it than other companies and it's just because of their size or their process or whatever it is. Two things can be equally true both of those cultural personalities can Mm -hmm. operate in tandem. It's a matter of finding out okay you know this person it's easy to say I'm responsive I deliver I'm organized I'm you know all of the things that we put as blurbs on our website the difference happens is okay we hit the site and yeah, it happened. It was rough. And, and again, I did learn your, you know, we did meet your field engineer. We now know how he works, we now know how he operates. Um, but the partnerships work two different ways. You know, you can either come in as a paid um, facilitator. You know, here's what here's your goals are, here's your drawings, here's everything else. But, you know, we've got a schedule and away we go and we guarantee that it'll be done because that's what we do for a living. Uh, and then there's the other side that says you don't know what you're doing yet. We understand it. We appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm I, like I said, I'm not going to knock you around the head over it. Yeah, you could do it better, but okay, here's where we're going to fill in. And that kind of delineates the difference between whether you're a contract programming firm or whether you are a kind of an outsourced technology firm. I think is is how I see it. And and different models are going to come in. And I think that. Um, when dealing with the integrator, that winds up being kind of the first part, which is who are you guys as a company. And if, as a company, you prefer to deal with structure, that's how you work best. Then you need to find the right fit. And like Mark said, first, you know, if you need some somebody turned around, and you need it now because you're in a in a jam. We're not your guys. That's an that's a very important no, and that's a no that companies will respect because the companies that say, okay, yeah, we're out of it. There is the other company that says maybe, hey look, you've got 65 boardrooms or 200 college classrooms that this is a year-long project and yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a wonderful project for you and the fees, but you know, say a company like mine says, I ain't your guy because we, we don't ramp up that way because our business model is based on something completely different. Again, that's a very respectful no at that point. Because it establishes what the plane uh, the playing ground is, um, so you know for uh, you know I found over the years it it really is a matter of first as a subcontractor determining what your identity is and figuring out what you do well, yeah um and then at that point when you work with an integrator or you're brought in by a consultant or in my case residential and, you know, a homeowner calls because of, you know, an, an architect made a recommendation or I work with a lighting designer or, you know, X, Y, or Z, however the project comes, like Mark. Mark and I, I mean, we, we work a lot by referral. And the reason why is because we have come in in not the best situations and try to make everybody look good um, and, and not take any credit for it yeah. <laughs> most of the time because it's really thing- not a, go ahead.
3: Uh, I wanted to add one thing from the integrator perspective. Um, the moment that an integrator reaches out to a, uh, to a to an independent program or an independent sub for something like that, one of the first questions they need to answer, and they need to answer it to them themselves first, honestly, before they ever answer it to us is, why are they calling us? Uh, wh- how have they been in business for all this time and now suddenly they're coming to us? And it's important for them to understand and ask that question internally and answer because we're going to ask them. And it's not it's not good enough to just say, well, this project, you know, we're just overbooked. Is overbooked something that you do all the time? Do you overcommit all the <laughs> time? Because when you, I, I know we left, but if you commit and overbook all the time, then when it's time to commission this system and you've got somebody at another job because you've run out of money on this job, who's holding the laptop? So it's important to um Admit that you have a problem and understand why you have a problem, and maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you're coming to us from a proactive standpoint, but integrators need to first ask themselves why are they reaching out like this and answer it honestly. Yeah, that's the,
0: the twelve-step plan of integration. Yeah, I was just
1: about yeah. to say that. Right. <laughs> first, admit you
0: first have a problem. First, admit
2: you have a problem, and you know, okay.
0: surrender to a higher power.
2: Uh,
1: right. the I workflow. am an integrator and I am outsourced.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. No, well, well, in we, the we end, what
3: we find is that the, uh, we, we almost always, always find that once an integrator starts working with us and gets used to our process and we get used to their process, they can bring us their strengths, we can bring them ours. We can help each other's weaknesses. Once we find that marriage working out pretty well, it's like a rock, man. You can't break it. And you become a part of their fabric and they become a part of yours. And it's just becomes a natural working relationship done right. Yeah. Um,
0: and, uh, and, and I agree. I mean, I agree with Mark. I think that, um, you know, a big part of it initially is with integrators. And again, and you know, I mean, I've said this time and time and time and time again. For whatever reason, there's a lot of people in this industry, from a from kind of in, from a business ownership standpoint, that there's an identity crisis. <laughs> you know, it's like what's mine is mine, and the thought of admitting that I've got a problem um, only contributes to the spiral sometimes for these companies. And. The way that our market is changing, it it is completely more about collaboration than competition. And I think that the integrators that start looking at saying, you know, I like Mark was saying, here's what I'm strong at, here's what I'm not strong at, here's where the issues are, and be able to honestly articulate them with other partners. I mean, it's the same as your manufacturer. I mean, there's no reason. I mean, how many integrators don't reach out to their manufacturers? They complain, you know, or they'll say, this doesn't work, or, you know, this piece of junk, and blah, 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 blah. But – From the design time or the engineering time or the front end time, they never made the call necessarily to say, here's what I'm thinking. (laughs) I'd like to make sure I pull it off. So, you know, sometimes part of the process that that I think that outside parties can bring is flattening out that feeling of it's okay to reach out. And the more you learn to reach out and the more that you learn to collaborate, actually the easier your, your job gets, even with just your internal people. Because it's it's a, you're establishing a, a a method of communication that's effective for everybody, as opposed to saying okay we're in the weeds and we just you know we'll we'll kind of you know they 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 ostrich it you know oh it'll fix itself until it doesn't fix itself.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's always a fun one. Um, all right, Chris, from from a manufacturer standpoint, and and the reason I, I wanted to kind of bring you in on this is. Uh, AMX and, and other manufacturers do as well, but AMX has a program that, that supports independent programmers. Your guys this is called VIP. Uh, how do you guys? Uh, first of all, how do you support independent programmers like uh, like the three of us here, or the four of us here? Uh, what is it that that you, as a, from the manufacturer standpoint, uh, besides the training and stuff like that? But how do you get us connected with with uh, with integrators and and you know architects and things like that?
4: Usually what we're doing is we're finding a way to do some of that upfront research on your behalf as, as far as a lot of the other comments have, uh, that we just had here I think are spot on in terms of knowing what you're good at uh, and, and that's important for us to get the dealer force and our channel partners to recognize what their strengths are. Some of them have great programming strengths, others don't. There's a huge range there and so plugging in opportunities uh, because every project's equally is important is to make sure that for them to be successful, either they either have this uh, the strength on their own team or we need to align them up with a partner who can do that and so as a manufacturer one of the things that we're trying to do is really that upfront job research to see okay what, what type of vertical are we in um, is that vertical really well aligned with that dealer because maybe the dealer put out uh, a particular uh, bid uh, quote into a project that they just kinda had a chance at but maybe they didn't know what they were getting into they became the low bid and when they were the low bid they, they now they have the job and so now they're in an area where they're, they're kind of not really on, on a, a strong playing ground for them, and, and they're, they're needing strengths and different capabilities that maybe they haven't had before on other projects. And so as we recognize that, we can help really encourage the use of, of independent partners to, to come in and help them fill in those strength deficiencies that they have in that kind of gap analysis. So I think awareness is, is one of them. Uh, the second thing that we're doing is really just trying to elevate the independent community as a whole through, through training and through standards. And so like the Infocom Independent Programmer Council when, when it was still around trying to create a certification for independent programmers or just programmers in general, I think one of the things that we can do as a manufacturer is really hold our members to a higher standard and so to that point we require all of our members to have industry certification above and beyond just AMX certification because we recognize that you're coming in contact with a number of different um, trades and different product lines, not just the AMX product line whenever you're on, on an AMX job. So uh, from a training perspective, we're requiring that of members to, to have that other you know, confirmation for the end user and the dealer partner to really see that you know, these people are professionals and this is what you do every day. Um, a lot of times I'll give the analogy and I'm sure you do too when you're in front of customers is Uh, more of a general practitioner as a doctor or a specialist. Uh, And and so, um, most firms I would liken to be a general practitioner. They have a guy on staff, maybe a couple of guys on staff that are programmers, and they can do your run-of-the-mill jobs, but as Mark pointed out, every once in a while you get this integrated command and control center that's got just something above and beyond what they're doing on a normal hang and bang kind of thing, and they need to bring in a specialist that's going to make them look good. I thought Rich brought up a great point as far as really just ultimately being a compliment to the entire team and uh, such that everyone walks away with a great feeling, and the end user gets the product they were looking for. So, to your original question, the way we're we're really trying to promote that is through awareness, uh, aligning partners with within projects that are really aligned to their specialties. Sometimes the dealer has that specialty, sometimes they don't, and when they don't, we have to really recommend and strongly encourage them to to go out and seek a third party, and we can provide that that referral when needed. And and how do you? I guess the the the, the better question, at least from
2: me, is how do you do that? I mean. There are, there have to be, um, you know, it in, in, in probably regionally, you know, the, you know, uh, Steve's on the on the East Coast, uh, Rich and, and and Mark are both on the West Coast. You know, if somebody called up and said, "Hey, you know, I'm in New Jersey, I'm in New York, you know, I, I need an AMX uh, system that's, that's pretty, you know, extensive or, or involved," is there a list of, you know, what this is our our top programmer in 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 New Jersey, and this is our second and third one, uh, or is it just pretty much, you know? here's our list, you know, you know, knock yourself out, go ahead right. and check.
4: I will tell you that before I took this over, it was, here's our list alphabetical. And it was a blurb, uh, you know, on the, on the AMX website. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that. And so one of the things I wanted to change was, uh, how do I align to, uh, I guess looking at it from the lens of a, a channel partner that's coming to the website, looking for help because, uh, when, we recognize we need help. It's, it's not always early in the process. And so rather than have that dealer partner call a bunch of different providers to see what they do, I really wanted to make a concerted effort to get that kind of information out on the site. And so today, if you look at the amx.com website and you go to the partner page, what you'll end up seeing is a list of these key strategic skills, I would say, from, from a programming perspective, um, I, I do education, I do residential, or, or what have you. Um, I, I have these particular skill sets so that very quickly I can find out geographically where you're located but also what skill set you offer and what verticals you align to. I know everyone on the panel here is a programmer, and, and most people would say we program anything that has an API or some kind of protocol document, and that's true. but. I think the reality is there's things that we're special at, and and there's things that we're really good at. Maybe I have a a firm that does more government work that's more multi-security classification environments, whereas if I stuck them in a residence, they would probably be okay, but it would not be a smooth experience, Uh, and and they wouldn't know how to anticipate those particular questions and um, subtleties that pop up in that environment. So um, for me, what I've done is kind of created this entire referral program criteria and grade sheet. And it's still being refined as far as we're seeing what's working and what's not. But when a referral request comes in to me, I'm already looking for vertical and geography. And I'll give that, uh, usually a regional sales manager that's asked for it, I'll give them a list of about 15 names. And that first tier of names is just, here are the closest breathing bodies that know how to program AMX to you that are a part of my program. So that's a very loose referral, right? The second layer is, here are the closest people that do what you're looking for. Um, And the final tier is here are the best in the country because sometimes the budget will allow for it or the job just demands it, that you're going to have that. So how do I rate that, right? Well, some of it's training. Some of it's customer feedback. uh, And then uh, uh, beyond that, we're looking at that vertical alignment, the geography mapping. Um, One, I I honestly did not recognize that some folks would not travel anywhere that a job would take them. I, I didn't see that when I originally built this grid and this criteria. And, uh, and, and so I you know, called one of the, the members and I said, I have a project that needs this. It's out in Oregon. Uh, but the provider was on the East Coast. And the provider said, uh, we don't do anything out of our region. And I thought, oh, wow, this is a whole other consideration that I I didn't really initially have. So I had to build that layer into my my system as well to at least say, okay, where do you service? And what that does is two things. First, it lets the independent partner work in areas that they're comfortable with. And then second, it lets the dealer know that anybody I call on this list is going to be able to service my project, right? To eliminate that awkward moment when someone calls and says, hey, I'm looking for residential in, you know, Iowa. Well, for them to immediately get shot down by the first person they call, that's not a great experience when it comes to independence, right? So essentially, I think by uh, aligning some of these criteria, uh, I think it's ultimately going to result in a a better uh, experience for a dealer partner looking for help because they know instantly when they call somebody, it aligns with what they're looking to do.
3: And something I would add to that, Tim, real quickly, is uh, the underbelly of it because what he's talking about is very accurate. It's, It's nuts on accurate in terms of the manufacturer's position. Um, from the independent programmer's position, or even when I was at a manufacturer, uh, there is also the unspoken knowledge of you know, who's good and who's not in a region. Yeah. Most people know what's going on, and so a lot of times a, a, a rep, maybe an integrator, will contact their local rep and say, I got a project, who would you do? And instead of going through the process, like we just discussed many times what will happen, is they'll just go. Look, I want you to call this guy. You knock on the door three times. You open the door, and then he'll come in, and you tell him <laughs> that Vinny sent you, and then he give you some code. But you don't tell him I sent you. That whole... If you do that, you get more from the business than any than, than anything else. Uh, when people go to the website, you can tell. And I think Rich and and and. Uh, uh, who's the good-looking guy on the right there, Steve. That would be
2: Tim. Steve's the other one. Yeah, but, oh, right. He's on my, <laughs> Tim's on my... <laughs> um,
3: I, sh- but, I but, should... What,
2: Steve, Steve just got engaged, so he's unavailable. Well, I'm, I'm married, so I'm unavailable. Yeah, too, go that's ahead. Why
3: so, that's why he's been so quiet. Exactly. Today, he's <laughs> oh, um, so the, uh, the point I trying to make is it, we'll get calls from people saying, hey, I went to the website, I picked out your name, and and so forth and so on. And a lot of times what happens is the first thing we ask is, am I the only one you're coming to? And they'll go, no, 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 I went to the website, I took everybody's name, and I just blasted it out to see who would respond. And from us, that's a real tell. And so what we encourage people to do is go to the manufacturer. I'll tell them, if you don't know me well enough, you go to the manufacturer. And if they won't give you my name, then I got a problem. But the manufacturers or regionals should know who they like to run. And, and I always I always tell people to go and check because you know what we're doing the same thing. We get a we get a, a call from an integrator, and the guys I hope will agree with this. We get a call from an integrator. If we don't know them, we call the manufacturer, right. and we go. You know, how long they've been online? Are they certified? Are they this? Are they that? Are they putting it in, or are they new? These are things that not only determine our pricing, but determine whether we even want to get involved with the project.
2: Well, and that that goes to. I actually had a client. I was I was. Selling them on our services. And that was one of their questions. They said, you know, and it was, it, it was the first time I'd ever been asked the question. They said, do, are you what? Um, how, how do they word it? Basically, uh, will you work with trunk slammers? Uh, and if you're not right. familiar with that term, basically it's someone who gets uh, Crestron, AMX, whatever the product is, uh, you know third fourth fifth hand whatever and they're just you know they're they're selling it at one percent two percent over you know one or two points over and they just need somebody to, to code it and my gut reaction and i still kind of hold to this is no uh to mark's point i mean these are people who don't have a relationship with with the manufacturer so they have no support so they're leaning on you and your relationship with the manufacturer for that support um Actually, I'll I'll ask the same question to to, to you guys. I mean, would you work with someone who doesn't have a direct relationship
1: with with the manufacturer, Steve? Not even. Uh, So, so, uh, the obvious answer would be no. However, there's situations. So, say you're working with an end user. Mm -hmm. You know that that they may not have the ability to buy product. But they're certainly supported by the manufacturers. Yes, so yeah. that would be, you know, a, a one way where I would say, you know, that that would they would qualify. Um, there, there are situations I think where it it can be something that that's approachable. But but I think everybody seems to have their own business strategy, is what it comes down to. You know, it, it does this customer does this potential opportunity meet your target requirements you know and, and I think we should all ask ourselves that when we're approaching anything um, you know for, for us we, over the years we and, and I know Mark as well um, it, it, you know you, you start to narrow down the people that you feel are a good fit and, uh, and, and you know then and those people usually have very common characteristics so does this opportunity fit in and do, does does this profile? Consistent with the the other people that you work with, and and if it's not, then chances are it's not going to work out well. Yeah, I think the business
4: reality too. I don't remember if it was Mark or Rich. Is
1: the last guy holding the laptop,
4: and and that's typically us and as the programmer on site finishing out a project, commissioning it, and so as the last guy in, last one who touched it. Um, if you're if you're not working with someone who's reputable, did they leave you out to dry, and and so you're out to save the project and not get paid because they're long gone. Uh, and, and so that becomes a, a risk that, to Steve's point, you, you really kind of whittle down that list of, of who you're comfortable working with. But, you know, anytime someone approaches you for the first time, you don't really know. And I think Mark's spot on by saying contacting the manufacturer to say what is their business history with you uh, to, to really kind of know whether you want to get involved or not. Uh, and, and that also does another thing where it brings awareness to the manufacturer level of who's touching that project, who's going to, you know, be handling this uh, for the customer. And in the end, that customer is going to have a good or, or bad experience, and we have to do everything we can to make sure it's a good one. Um, you know, in that particular case, that ship has sailed. They, they have a job quoted, sold, and there's probably product already on site. So it, it's really important, at least from the manufacturer side, that we're engaged to be able to to help across the finish line, uh, and then deal with the aftermath of, uh, you know, how do they get product, Were they supposed to, do we want to bring them in officially, do we want to get them trained, but, uh, you know, I think the big key here, at least from the independent community, is knowing who you're working with, because in the end, you're the last guy with the laptop at the job site, and that means you're the one that owns it, whether you sold the job or not. Well, and also, and, go ahead, Mark.
3: I'm sorry, Steve, Tim, one of the things I wanted to add it is, no matter what level you come in at, if you're just gray-marketed some equipment, and you've managed to pull this job off at no margin and so forth, you can find somebody to code that for you, okay? There's somebody out there. Um, if you've got a mid-level job, a high-level job, there is always somebody out there that will take your work. Um, there are guys that advertise in our market from the independent programmers that have a flat rate of $40 an hour. $40 an hour, just send me your thing, and I'll just get you, and there's no charge for change orders, and there's that includes travel, and, and blah, blah, blah. And you're looking, and you're going, this... This is a guy that's going to take the gray market project and put a guy at the job site for two weeks and, and charge him 40 bucks an hour and hope he makes some money. It's a bad plan across the board for, for, for all intents and purposes. Uh, we run the minute we see it. I, I'm all for advancing the industry. I'm all for making sure that the customer has a good, a good uh, experience. But if somebody's got equipment and they've lowballed their way into a project, I'm not going to jump off that ledge with them. No way.
0: Uh, I mean, it also it also depends, too, in terms of, you know, like you're like, like Mark was saying, is that they lowballed it and they came in and, you know, and, and you can already tell that, that ethically they're willing to right. bend the, right. the, 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 the line ethically. But I, I'm going to issue a counterpoint. Um, Twenty three years ago, I was an integrator, you know, in, in custom. And we had several manufacturers that were saying, well, you guys don't have a store. Um, so, you know, you, you're not a real company turns out that, you know, obviously we became a very large company within our market. We just needed a break. And I remembered <laughs> those vendors when time came around. Oh, who was it? <laughs> Some of them aren't even around anymore. Well, they, you, you go. know, And um, so I think the difference is there's the line in terms of how you help out. It's like, Am I really being called in to be like, you know, the Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction and help get rid of the body? (laughs) Or am I coming in and am I just, you know, is this guy in a situation who, you know, is breaking in? And is this a matter of somebody who doesn't quite know yet? And so part of it is to bring them into the fold. And so it's – and there's a couple of different approaches at that. It's like are you doing what's in the best interest of the end user and the client? Because and are you doing something in the best interests of the vendor, you know, whether it's Crestron, AMX, whoever. Because at the same time, the job still needs to be done. And you know, if there is a way, you know, again, it's kind of the West Coast vibe, man. If it's all about win win. Um, <laughs> you know, but it, it requires that vetting. And it, and it goes back to again, how are you operating? Are you coming in and saying Like 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 Mark was saying is like you know the guy that's forty bucks an hour he's just looking to keep you know three guys that he brought in you know who are interns or you know came straight out of a computer science program and he's just you know making a buck here and there that's completely different than taking a holistic view and saying all right you know what are we doing as a company are we building are we building our industry are we helping and and, it seems so weird from a business standpoint it's like am I doing good you know am I doing good for the industry am I helping the manufacturer, helping the end user, helping the integrator and in creating something that builds the industry and our market. And at the end of the day, you know, am, am, am I creating something that's bigger than myself from a business and I mean, profiting from it? I mean, again, more importantly, it's like it's got a pencil. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going out and, um, you know, doing it as a, as a not-for-profit status. Um, but again, it comes back to... From a subcontractor standpoint, look, man, there's there's lots of great hired guns out there. But they are hired guns. And it's like, and if everything ain't there, they walk and say, nope, I'm not coming back until it's ready. That's one great approach because it keeps everybody honest. Yeah. There are other ones that are saying, look, man, you don't even know what you're doing yet. So this is going to hurt. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, like Chris was saying, it's like at this point, it's like, yeah, I'm the specialist who got brought in. Yeah, you you know, you, know, you don't have a hangnail here. You got something a little bit more serious. Um but we're going to get you through it
1: and uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Steve. I was going to say, I, I'd also argue that some of the integrators who do very good work do it on their own. And they may not be somebody who uh, as an independent we can work well with because they're not used to working with anything outside of their confines. They don't, Really uh, have the the uh, skill not, not the skills but the their the comfort level of having uh, to com- to communicate mm-hmm. outside of, of their organization or well, the infrastructure. You found too. some difficulties with that, and sometimes you know what, what I say to and it may may sound come off the wrong way, but I, I I sound I say many times to my team that if the need wasn't there, if if the the you know there wasn't a mm-hmm. deficiency, then they then you know, we wouldn't be. Called upon. Yeah, absolutely. I would add to
3: that, though, that that one of the one of the first things we tell an integrator when we get involved with them, that we can talk about who's certified, we can talk about how good you are, how good we are, we can do all of that. But in the end, it comes down to one thing that most everything else does, which is we got to learn, we got to figure out how to communicate with each other, because after years of having your programmer programmers in an office in a cubicle sitting there writing code and having Benny the field engineer swing by tap him on the head and go hey we're not going out there tomorrow because it's been pushed out so we're going to go out next Thursday and instead work on this we're out of sight and out of mind and if we don't maintain of, of of communication with the integrator then we show up the next day at the job site because we weren't sitting in a cubicle and they didn't tap us on the head and now all of a sudden i'm at a job site with, with a laptop and nobody to love and they're moving on to another project that they expect, they think I'm working on. And so first and foremost, the communication has got to be drilled and you as the, I think us as the sub, needs to be proactive in that effort. We can't just sit and hope that the, tell the integrator, we need to make sure you're communicating with us and then wait for them to communicate. It's gotta right. be two ways. Well and
0: there's there's you know another thing. Let, let's also consider too that 10, 15 years ago, it was a lot harder to collaborate. All right. Yeah. I mean, we were still doing a whole lot by, you know, I mean, hell, 15 years ago, I was still hand drafting things. Um, we have a cameo. Yay. Hold on a second. I'm going to return. Uh, yay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Trey Fergosa. Yeah, um, Trey.
3: All right. Oh, my God. There's more of them. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I found a place to be. Oh. You know why I go found go! It? I know I'm recording, sweetheart. I'll you
0: be up in a minute. It's
4: my
3: fault.
0: Okay. All
2: right. And away <laughs> he goes. Oh my
3: <laughs> God, it's Mini Me. <laughs> it well,
2: he has a little more more hair than than Rich does. You know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was bound to happen. So he wanted to make his first cameo appearance. Okay. Um, so, so, Scooby-Doo is already on, and then at this point, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always fun. Live TV coming at you. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's. I think what Mark was saying is exactly. It's about communication. I was talking about collaboration tools. I mean, fifteen years ago, you know, you were trying to fax things, or you were getting blueprints that are coming in. Um, you know, with different integrators that I work with, I've got you know three or four different collaboration tools that I use. That all of a sudden. We're updating things live, real time. We're able to log in, and we're able to share information. And that's, I think, the beauty now of of where we're developing as an industry is that we're getting more and more tools to be able to operate seamlessly. And I think that's what Mark was kind of tying into, which is, hey, look, if you – all you have to do is just add me to your Google Plus calendar or whatever scheduling software that you use and you know, give us an email address if we're going to be doing long-term work together so that I'm already part of the correspondence change and the scheduling change and your PMs and everything else. That tends to streamline things a lot more or if you're a remote office. I mean, again, there's you – know, now with high-speed internet, I know you – know, I think you were mentioning earlier. It was like you, know, you were talking to Mark about a project that's out of his market. Well, it, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know, really, it's like maybe you jump on a plane, but half the time you're like, hey, do you have an internet connection at this room? Right. Yeah, we do. Don't worry about it. You know, forget about it. Exactly. It's like, you know, three knocks and Vinny shows up. Um, you know, we don't even have to worry about that anymore. Now it's just a matter of just credentials.
3: Well, um, that's exactly right. What it, what it comes down to is I'll, we can, we've programmed all over the world without leaving our desk. The issue is not whether we have access to the system or not. The, the question becomes, do we have access to somebody on the other side who has some level of competence? And if you remove that competence, then it doesn't matter if he's in your backyard. The competence <laughs> okay. will destroy everything.
2: Let, let's and talk com- about that for a second. I know we're going to take a, a left turn here. So as, as the the person hiring the subcontractor, right, where is your level of responsibility to make sure that, that, that you have someone – on the other end that knows what they're doing, because I know that all of us, and I just did this recently, where suddenly you're talking to someone who has no idea. I spent two hours the other day updating someone's software just so I could remote in and, and, and you know, do what, what they needed done. So what, what where is your level of responsibility as as the integrator to make sure that the person on the other end, your employee interfacing with your sub knows what they're doing?
3: I can tell you what we do quickly, uh, Tim, is when we start up with a new account, uh, we have a meeting with them. We sit down with them and we go through what we expect from them. These are the tools that we expect on your laptop when your guy is in the field. This are the things that we expect them to be able to do. This is what we are going to ask them to do if this arises. And we'll spend a half a day with them, making sure we'll, load their, we'll, we'll point them to the right software, we'll show them what we expect, how to capture data, stuff like that. Um, we do all that up front. And, and we make sure, and we literally will train them, and they will train us on who their person is and what how they like to work and the way they like to receive things, um, what format they like them in, how they like to get them, uh, whether it's on the cloud or through their FTP site. We do all of that up front, so by the time the person gets into the field, we already know what's going on. And that's, that's per project and programmer because everybody's different. Yeah. It's not my company and your company, it's my person and your person. That's where you need to be able to do it.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, um, let's let as, as we wrap up here, uh, a couple of quick questions, and, and Steve, we're gonna kick it off with you. Um, what are the roles? I mean, as, as integrators are, are watching this or listening to this, and they're coming up a project or they're, they're assessing their, their business plan, and saying, you know what, it, it it may it may make sense for me to hire an integrator or a, a subcontractor, or an independent programmer, uh, and let's not just talk, you know focus on independent programmers. There are independent CAD operators, there are independent uh, design consultants. Uh, so you know we are all programmers, so that's kind of what we're talking about. But but there are other subs as well. Sure. What okay. what what is it that you're looking for, and, and how do you assess what it is that you need from a from an integrator standpoint?
1: Well, and also, let's not limit our conversation to integrators, because yeah. I think it can go to consultants, it can go to, to end users, technology managers, so forth. Uh, the I, I think the importance is to, to know that there's going to be a good personality fit that's a good starting point, knowing that you work in the same manner, knowing that you, you can be comfortable with one another, um, and knowing that there's going to be reliability, and there's going to be consistency, and uh, and and we're going to be able to be honest with each other. I think one of the things that we run into very often is the the behaviors that we see, especially in the beginning of a relationship, are based on their past experiences. So they may have worked with somebody who is unreliable, so they have to give them a date, maybe a week or two, before they really need something, just to make sure that they know that they're going to get it when they need it. Um, Also, knowing that a site is going to be ready and being able to be honest about that, being able to to think ahead about scheduling, um, but it, but in terms of the skill set and and the roles, you know, I think many independents provide a, a lot more than just programming. I, I don't see how we could do that. I mean, I think that we we all help to define the functionality of a system. Troubleshooting is huge, a big big part of what we do. And, uh, and and then there, there are other things beyond that 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 are specialty services. so do you need somebody to handle the DSP programming, the lighting programming? do you need somebody to help you with design? Do you need somebody who also can carry a tool bag and and make some some uh, terminations in the field or, or fix some cables if you need them uh, close out commissioning that type of thing and and every independent, Provide something different. So I think that that conversation—it's almost like an interview when you're hiring somebody. You have to know what what you you need and what the your the counterpart offers, and, and see if that's going to work out well. And and many times those impact pricing. And, and you know what what we find a lot of times is that you, you look at a proposal and you say, well, this price is just for programming. That that's that's crazy. I could do this in four hours, but it's not. We're not just providing programming.
2: Yeah. Uh, Chris when you're interfacing with with the integrators that 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 sell AMX how are, how are you advising them on on what it is that they that they need to look for
4: when they're subbing out work for me it it really is what are your needs and what are you looking for them to do like Steve said most independents are are doing services other than just control system programming so if there are greater needs then let's talk about them uh, so that we can make sure that we get someone who is a close fit for you I think Mark honestly hit the the nail in the head when he said uh, communication uh, from the beginning to the end. Um, that is the key. One of the things I know that we want to talk about was how does someone have a successful engagement with independence and it's all in my opinion about communication. What is the scope? You're usually asking questions that some of them frankly don't get to until they're actually making the touch panel themselves or they're making the control. So asking questions up front, at least I've seen, ha- has almost met with resistance at times, but I understand why an independent would do it. And I say resistance from the dealer channel uh, from the perspective of if I'm asking what type of functionality I want and, and things so early in the sales process, for as, as a programmer, I want to know those things and because we want to quote them properly and, and make sure the scope is nailed down. As a dealer, they may not have gotten to that point yet because they just threw a number out there. So I think communication is the, the key there for, for folks to... Um, to have a successful engagement with an independent. And and I love exactly what Rich and and, and Mark were talking about from a cloud services perspective to be able to share that kind of stuff. So how do I say how to pick a provider? Um, We've identified that different behaviors uh, at the dealer channel um, are not a a fluke. Uh, And I think Mark is the one that pointed this out earlier as far as when you you see maybe a last-minute call, well, is that – Is that a pattern or is this just the way they work? Uh, And and so kind of understanding what you get into. So I know you wanted to ask the question as far as, you know, how do we assist them with making an alignment? But most of that has to happen beyond me. If if a regional sales manager has a working relationship with that particular dealer or integrator, then they're going to understand those behaviors a little better than I would here at at the global headquarters. Um, But as a manufacturer, really, I think, to everyone's point here, it's going to go smoother if we're communicating, and it's going to go smoother if those uh, behaviors align with one another. Because if you need a lot of communication and they're willing to give a lot of communication, that's going to be great. If it, if those two do not line up, it's going to be quite frustrating. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Mark,
2: uh, from your standpoint, uh, how would you advise a uh, an integrator or a dealer or, or uh, you know a consultant to do what, what What is it that you would tell them to look for uh, in something at work?
3: The uh, First thing that I would uh, tell them to look for is um, is the manufacturer. To be honest with you, uh, that's the first place to go. Go to the manufacturer and find out who's doing good work for them, who's got the reputation. Um, and and I say that, uh, you know, I wish I because the reality is um, there are too many people out there that are doing what we do that shouldn't be doing it. And so as a result of that, and, and I, I get that everybody's got to make a buck, but in the end, the manufacturer is their product is at stake. I talk about us being the last one with the laptop, but when we're done with the laptop, it's the hardware that stays behind. And I think we all know that if you go into a room and you push a button and it doesn't work, I don't care if the, the device you're trying to control has been pulled from the rack, they're still looking at the hard, at the touch panel and going, oh, this thing's a piece of garbage. It yes. doesn't work. So. The manufacturers have a vested interest to make sure that the right people. So I would tell the integrators, go there first. The next thing is when they give you somebody, you sit down and you have a meeting with them. There are certain things that we as, uh, especially from a programming standpoint, are going to look to hear or not hear from you. Let me give you an example. One of the things we prefer not to hear from an integrator is, uh, we need you at the job site. Do you have a hard hat and steel-toed boots? Generally speaking, if a job needs us to show up in steel-toed boots and a hard hat, you're not ready for the program, okay? You're not ready for the hardware, but you're definitely not ready for the program. Um, we want them to ask, do you have uh, let me get your certificate of liability insurance. Let me see your workman's comp. Let me see your automobile insurance. Uh, are you, you know, what, what are your certifications? And more specifically, what are the projects that you've worked on? Uh, because if we're doing our job, we're going to ask them the same question. Steve knows that about two years ago, two or three years ago, there was a massive project going on in Houston. Massive. That our, our programming bid for it was over $2 million. That oh. big. Yeah, that big. And a lot of people out in the industry are familiar with the project. We were one of three programming firms that were brought in to interview with the customer. Big, massive customer in Texas. Uh, when I went in, I, one of the reasons that I lost the job was because when I sat down with them, Steve knows this because we talked about it a lot. We well, sat down with them and they went, Well, so this is what we're doing and blah, blah, blah. So tell me about yourself. And I said, Well, before I tell you about myself, I really need to find out about you. You know, who's doing this for you? Who's putting this in? Who are you working with? Who are your partners? Because I know you're trying to figure out if I, if if you want to work with me. I need to figure out if I'm working with you. And that was pretty much it. I lost the job at that point because they were like, What do you mean? You don't want to work with us? You know, so you know, we went our separate ways. But In the end, if it doesn't make sense for us, it doesn't do anybody any good if I'm in over my head and I can't bring you the services that you want. So as an integrator, once you've found who it is that you're talking to, you need to do your due diligence. You need to find out who's in charge. You need to find out what the scheduling is like, what their expectations are. If you don't know, say, what a functional drawing is, then we have a problem. If you don't know what a scope of work is, we have a problem. And, uh, and it's key for them to really vet us. And I would add um, one thing. I don't have a link for it right now. But Infocon, back the Independent Programmers Council, Steve and myself and a few other people put together a document called Best Business, Pract- Best Business Practices for Independent Controls Programmers. And it breaks down everything that you should expect from a sub like us. I think they're doing the same with systems uh, with like installers and stuff now. Um, but that, that data is out there. Go get it. If you Don't hire somebody just because you're in a jam. If you're in a jam, don't hire somebody to fill that hole because you're just throwing people at stuff, and that's never a good plan.
2: No, no, it's not. Uh, all right, Mr. Fargosa, you've got the last word on this. What, uh, what, what? How would you advise um, consultants and integrators uh, who, who would it, whoever it is, uh, as they're hiring subs?
0: Oh, I, I mean, I think um, you know the
2: other fellows went
0: over. I mean, obviously, let's let's start with all of this should be basic business common sense, right? So we're we're at the, these are the things that you should be doing, right? So this is kind of the the classroom discussion of if you're going to be running an integration firm, these are the steps that you do. And, you know, we break down the manual and here's communication, here's how it works, here's how it works. It, maybe I'm the black sheep, but it's like, look, chances are, if you're calling me, you didn't do it right the first time, I'm not going to beat you up over it. So so the the, the first part is is be willing to work, you know, be willing to work it out. Um, and from a sub, from a subcontractor standpoint, that's kind of the first red flag that occurs. Like Mark was saying, it's like, why did you lose a job? Because they weren't talking to me. You know, they were talking at me, but they weren't talking with me. And there's a very big distinction at that point from a business relationship. Because we're, we're – either you view me as a necessary evil, and at that point – I will never bring value to the project. It will never, ever happen. Or I'm a collaborator with you. And what I'm doing is I'm helping create, you know, again, the whole holistic thing, one and one is three. We're better because we're together. Um, So I think the first thing that as an integrator you gotta do is you gotta figure out your attitude. You know, truly, figure out your attitude. How are you approaching this project? Are you viewing it as, oh man, I got to grab these guys, and oh, it's a pain in the ass, and you know, I can't believe that we're having to use subcontracts, dot dot dot, destined to fail, absolutely destined to fail. Nobody will be happy. Every check you write out to to me or Mark or Steve or whoever, you're just going to constantly be griping about it. Um, if you come around, and 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 the other option is to say, okay, you know, it's it's. I'm going to somebody to help me find a solution and let's figure out the solution so that we can't so that we can build more successful solutions down the line. Then you sit down and and I absolutely am 100% with Mark is that I do not take on a project until I've had the opportunity to sit down, physically sit down and talk with somebody and 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 get a feel for each other because it is a marriage. It is a long-term relationship now it's not a monogamous
2: relationship but it's still a long-term relationship (laughs) and and this is where i point out that he's again in california so it's all Uh, free love
0: yeah man free love man um Northern and California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's for my glaucoma, man. It's for my glaucoma. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, and and I would I I would I would echo that. Actually, I was think I was thinking that exact same thing. Rich is is that it's a relationship, right? It find out, you, you know, to everybody's point. Do your due diligence. Have a sit down and make sure it's someone that you can have a relationship with. Because if you just don't click for whatever reason, you know, step away. And this goes for the. Independent programmer, or for the subcontractor as well as as the as the integrator, or the consultant. If if you're not feeling it, right, just you know, kind of walk away, say thanks for lunch, and and have a nice day. I and mean, here's maybe maybe you recommend uh, two or three friends that that they may have a a good connection with. So
0: oh no, and we've done it. And again, I think from a subcontracting standpoint, even the integrators. I mean, I you know, I, I've had it. You know, projects that I've worked on. I you know, I brought Mark in to help on some things. It was just like, hey, look, man, you know, we're we're it, it, even from our industry, you know, as third-party people, it's almost funny is that even the third-party guys think that they're competing with each other. So, I mean, there's all these different layers that occur. It's like, you know, an integrator almost feels like we're pitting one against each other. when we're not, you know, in terms of from an industry and from our niche in the industry. For me, it's a matter of saying, hey, look, you know, I sometimes what I bring to the party is just the ability to find the other pieces, you know?
3: Maybe yeah, I'm I not the right that, guy. I would add that if you do... Uh... Get some work from 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 Rich. Um, this is just is uh, if you don't make sure that the pastrami has lettuce on it, he's going to be really pissed. Oh, <laughs> You're going to work for Rich. Uh, but, uh, one of the things I wanted to throw in real quickly the, was the the uh, big on the the big on the pastrami was quite. The, the pastrami man, you like, you bring Rich the wrong sandwich, and it's a long day. Um, one of the things that we we uh, adhere to internally, we call it the TMC principle. Um, And we use this to guide us for all of our projects, and I recommend everybody to stick to this, which is TMC, time, margin, and competency. These are the three things that we need in order to be successful in a project. We need the time to get it done. We need the margin in the project because, quite frankly, we're not not free. Uh, And competency. Everybody needs to be competent in what they're doing. And if you can sit down with somebody and meet with them and come up with those three things together on a project, then you've begun the steps towards a good, solid relationship long term
2: that'll be uh, that'll be a good a good last word guys uh, this has been state of control we're talking about subcontractors thanks so much for joining us with us, uh, for a first time and he did a fabulous job mr. Chris Beckus from AMX thank you sir thanks for having me uh, where can people find out more about you or AMX or the VIP program
4: well for the VIP program uh, amxcom uh, for me I not a prolific uh tweeter so uh it's uh, at av control guy uh but I, I do more uh watching of guys like you uh and and mark and and steve uh but uh those that's where you can find me All right, very
2: good uh mr mark lavecchia from bma software solutions thank you sir
3: thank you sir always a pleasure to be here i'm at uh, bma software solutions.com or you can find me and my 56 followers Woohoo! look uh, at there <laughs> at mark lavecchia <laughs> Uh, oh, fifty-six. I
2: well, I have fifty-five. So you're you're ahead of me. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. Rich Fergosa, Fergosa Design, sir. Thank you, sir. Oh,
0: my pleasure. Um, so, uh, various kernels of the interwebs. Um at our Fragosa on Twitter, Fragosadesign.com. And in three weeks or so, actually exactly three weeks, uh, you will see us in lovely downtown Denver at uh, CDIA Expo 14. You can still sign up for free uh show floor passes if you go to expo.cedia.net and use code CT3. Uh Come on and see us uh, with the AV Nation yeah. Uh, as well. Be doing a, hopefully be doing a little bit of roving reporting as an embedded correspondence there. And uh, good time. So hopefully the next time we're on, we, we will, we, uh, Tim and I will actually be in meat space.
2: Oh, so. goodness. I don't know that the universe I don't even is know what, the,
3: what is meat space? <laughs> It's it physical good at all physical <laughs> it's, it's
2: no like, it's like you and me and, 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 uh, and Steve at, uh, at whatever the, the Rosen Hotel at Orlando last year It's a Northern yeah.
0: California closeness thing yeah. yeah
2: we're gonna align our chakras <laughs> I don't even know what that means so, uh, Steve help me here sell uh, somebody about yourself.
1: Sure. Uh, You can find me at at Steve Greenblatt on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Mm. all those types of things. Uh, Company website is controlconcepts.net. One thing I wanted to share, uh, Tim, you and I did a great webinar uh, last week. With commercial integrator, I think that would be a big benefit to this audience uh, about uh, control and automation. It was a lighthearted debate, but I think we touched on a lot of great topics and uh, and, and really looked at things from different facets. And no, I don't. Just the last thing, Mark and I are, are working on uh, something for technology managers called Tech Talk, and you can find it at Com. Yeah, very cool.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll put a link up, up on the, the webinar. Uh, for the webinar on on this show's page as well as to Tech Talk, uh, it was it was a fun debate. It was it was a debate, but it was also you know we, we talked about kind of the future of home of of the future of control and automation and and at least where where we see it going. And we answered some questions from the webinar audience. So Tom LeBlanc uh, from Commercial Integrator was a good uh, a good moderator for it. So it was it was a good conversation. So uh, my name is Tom Albright. Uh, don't add any more to my 53 followers uh, but go by the website if you would please (laughs) avnation.tv avnation.tv you'll find this program and a host of others Uh, DIY which is a do-it-yourself kind of an AV you know home uh, uh, do-it-yourself type uh, podcast the uh, AV Social with Don Mead and and Kelly Perkins, uh, we've got the education podcast. Obviously, this one, our weekly uh, roundup of, of AV news and information is called AV Week. Uh, so you'll find all sorts of information. Also, we're we're starting a, a newsletter uh, starting next month. Uh, so there's a sign up uh, form there uh, if you're more uh, if you're interested in, in finding out more about uh, AV Nation. So avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been a state of control. <music>